listening to the Finance Professor podcast brought to you by financeprofessor.org. Hi, I'm Linus Wilson. On this episode of the Finance Professor podcast, you'll hear my working paper, A Dove to Hawk Ranking of the Martin to Yellen Federal Reserves. So I wrote this uh, back in 2014, that paper, and, you know, I was just a little bit frustrated because I felt like the Yellen Fed and the Bernanke Fed, to a lesser extent, had deviated uh, from what I saw to be the norms of conventional central bank policy making. And so when I was in grad school, I really loved the Barrow, Gordon, Kidlin, Prescott approach. Um, and, I, and I thought that was a kind of a foundation of thinking about how central banks are organized and their independence. And I felt like we really moved away from that. And I think there was justification. I, I, won't, I think that the Bernanke Fed, which Yellen was a part of to a certain extent as a, a, a president, in San Francisco, but I, I thought that the Bernanke Fed did an amazing job. I thought that there's a lot to criticize about what the Bernanke Fed did, especially their failures in regulation. But in terms of the emergency stimulus, uh, they may have went too far, but I think most other Feds led by most other previous Fed chairmen's would have led to a much worse Great Recession or Depression than the one chaired under Bernanke, who, by all accounts, was a student of the Depression and was acutely aware of the mistakes of the Fed in the 1920s. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not coming from the perspective that I think that quantitative easing or even the emergency lending programs, which I've written about, were fundamentally wrong. I, I think that quantitative easing is necessary in a severe credit crunch. But that was not the situation we failed six years out from the failure of Lehman Brothers when Bernanke was stepping down and Yellen was stepping up as Fed chair. And where I felt that Bernanke was consummately prepared intellectually for the job that he faced in terms of his research interests, I was taken by the argument made by Senator Shelby of Alabama, and I agreed with it, that she really lacked the banking experience and the monetary policy background that you would want from an academic going into that position. And the Senate largely agreed with those arguments, passing her as Fed chair by the smallest margin in the history of the Fed, seeing that Yellen's outlook was really the opposite of what Barrow and Gordon would recommend that they, you would have a hawkish Federal Reserve chairperson to reassure rational economic actors that they would not overly exploit the supposed Phillips curve trade-off. And when you try to do that, instead of getting higher employment, you just get higher inflation if you have a Fed chairperson that likes both low unemployment and low inflation. Because really the Fed only has one lever. It has how much money is printed 
with one instrument and two objectives, you're not going to be able to achieve both. And the instrument we're talking about is creating more money, which obviously doesn't create jobs. It only creates inflation. But I believe there are rigidities. I believe that there are reasons why you don't want to have a credit crisis that affect real output. And for those reasons, I think that the Fed was justified in quantitative easing, that Fed policy make, making can matter, especially when things are less than optimal in terms of employment. But if you exploit the trade-off and push the limits, say push unemployment below where it's ever gone before, eventually people are going to figure out that you're just creating money and high to hyperinflation will follow, which also has disastrous effects for the real economy, similar to a credit crunch. So the Yellen Fed pushed the zero interest rate policy well into 2016. My initial draft only had like three quarters of data. Now I have the data for all the Fed chairmanship or chairwomanship of Janet Yellen. And I think the data confirms what I think just a casual listener of the business press would know is that the Yellen Fed was way outside the norms. It was very, very dovish and was the most dovish of the Fed chairs for which I have CPIU core inflation data stripped out of food and energy prices, which is the preferred measure, I believe, of most policymakers today. On the regulatory front, I didn't think Yellen personally had a lot of interest in the regulation, and she certainly didn't make a lot of public statements about it. And by the time she was appointed chair in 2014, it was my belief that the K Street lobbyists had won and that we were not going to get any further restraint of the big banks and the things that led to the financial crisis of 2008. And really, the battle had been lost, and it had, the only really strength was within the Fed, but the Fed showed no desire to use its regulatory power to regulate Wall Street. And like so much of the other federal government, far too many Fed employees were looking at their private sector prospects, and they were not getting any stiffening of their regulatory positions from either Washington politicians or really the public who had pretty much forgotten about the financial crisis by 2014. So what uh, put an end to the Yellen era was really an own goal or an unforced error, as they say in tennis, by the President Trump. So I put a quote in the paper, I think that is really revealing about what President Trump wants. And it's really what uh, I think most presidents want, that they want low interest rates from the Fed, right? Because for their short-term electoral prospects, low interest rates favor the incumbent. The great thing or the curse about President Trump is that he is in many ways the most transparent president I have ever seen in my lifetime. That instead of what I was very used to under the Obama administration, where they were just 
always messaging. They had a message for the week. They would not deviate from that message. They would not respond to anything else going on in the world, but their one message that they wanted to get across. And that means that you don't really know what's going on in the president's mind, and you don't know what's going on in a lot of the, the people that work for the president. But President Trump has a Twitter feed, and the Twitter's tweets come out at, in real time. And he also is very open with the press. He talks to the press extemporaneously a lot more than any other president I have seen. So for all the criticisms you could level on President Trump, in some ways, he is very open. Does he say things that are wrong? Uh, yes, quite a bit. He says things that are untrue quite a bit. But he keeps on talking and keeping that line of dialogue open. And it's oftentimes you can see what he's thinking, whereas uh, you would never get that window uh, with Obama or President Bush, W. Bush or Clinton before them or H. Bush before that, that that kind of openness uh, just did not exist. And so I, I think that it's pretty clear that Trump replaced Yellen with the person on the, the FOMC who seemed to have the most Republican credentials, and maybe he would have pursued more, quote, Republican-type policies, such as maybe a lighter touch on regulation. I don't know. I've not analyzed it. I don't know if that's true. Uh, but he he was at least seen as the most Republican member. I don't think that that matters that much with the Fed because I don't think politics really matters that much with the decisions that the Fed makes. What I think was clear was that Yellen's replacement, Jerome Powell, would be much more likely to raise interest rates faster than a Janet Yellen-headed Fed. And I think that's what has happened. And Trump is frustrated by that. But I think any reader of the business press would not have been surprised by that conclusion. So I think today uh, we are facing uh, the second longest expansion in U.S. history. By some measures, we have the longest stock market rally in history from 2009 to September 2018. And I think you have to give some of that credit to the zero interest rate policy of the Bernanke and Yellen Feds. The Powell Fed has raised interest rates and if you look at the yield curve today, it is definitely flattening. It's not inverted yet, but we are getting closer to that inversion. And of course, that is a sign of a correction and a recession. The stimulative tax cut, a pro-cyclical tax cut, when we already had very low unemployment, however justified in terms of the differentials in the corporate tax laws between the U.S. and abroad, you still have to think that that's a very pro-cyclical move that puts a lot of pressure on the current Fed to raise interest rates, and that is what they have done. 
Also, the tariff policy of the current administration, which is unprecedented also in my lifetime, is, of course, inflationary, and that creates more inflation headwinds that justify a stronger interest rate stance that the Powell Fed has taken. All right, so that's the background of the current Fed interest rate policy. Let me read you my paper that ranks the Martin to Yellen Federal Reserves by their dovishness and hawkishness. A dove to hawk ranking of the Martin to Yellen Federal Reserves by Linus Wilson. This note ranks the Federal Reserves based on the tenure of their chairs from William McChesney Martin Jr. to Janet L. Yellen, using data from 1958 through 2018. Inflation doves are willing to tolerate more inflation than inflation hawks. Comparing the Taylor 1993 rule and core inflation to the effective Fed funds rates, it is found that the Yellen Fed is the most dovish Fed since 1958. This paper reflects the views of the author alone. The author thanks Zenbin Liu for providing excellent research assistance. Introduction. This note ranks Federal Reserves by their aversion to inflation. The tenures of Federal Reserve chairs, which have shown the most commitment to fighting inflation through the Fed funds rate, are rated with the highest numbers. The Feds, which have done the least to fight inflation, are ranked closer to one. The Yellen Fed is found to be the most dovish in history by two measures and the second most dovish by a third measure. The Yellen Fed funds rate targets were out of historic norms and outside the rate set under the tenure of the most successful Federal Reserve chairs since 1958. Dr. Yellen was often called a dove, and the Yellen Fed is often described as dovish. However, the author knows of no attempts to quantify how dovish the Fed was compared to history. A dove in the context of monetary policy is someone who is willing to live with higher inflation. In contrast, hawks want less inflation. Because there is an inverse relationship between short-term rates and inflation, doves are said to favor lower interest rates and hawks are said to favor higher interest rates. Section 2. Rules versus Discretion in the Yellen Fed the last Fed chair studied came into office during an extraordinary period of very low interest rates, which were without historic precedence in the United States. The Federal Reserve under the chairs Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen pursued a zero interest rate policy, ZERP, for about seven years from 2009 to 2016. The Fed Fund's target rate, the rate of interest at which banks lend to each other, had been set between 0 and 0.25% since Q4 2008 to Q3 2018. Over this period, the Fed increased its balance sheet from under $1 trillion to $4.5 trillion by buying the mortgage bonds of the government-sponsored entities Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and the U.S. Treasury debt. That balance sheet held steady at about $4.5 trillion over the tenure the last Federal Reserve chair studied, Janet Yellen, who chaired the Fed from February 3, 2014 to February 3, 2018. Over that period, there were attempts in Congress to curtail the discretion of the Fed. The House of Representatives, but not the Senate, has passed a bill, the Federal Res 
Observe Accountability and Transparency FRAT Act, which attempted, among other things, to disclose to Congress the monetary policy formulas that they adopt for setting interest rates. Nikolosko Rosensky et al. explains that the bill would have required the Fed to disclose a monetary rule that they had adopted to Congress. Nikolosko Rosensky et al. 2017 looked at several rules that place different weights on inflation and the output gap, including Taylor 1993, and found that rules placing more emphasis on the output gap would be more consistent with the recent Fed policy. Moreover, that study recommends that a time-varying real rate be replaced with the Taylor's 1993's implied 2% real rate of interest. Murray et al. 2015 found that the Taylor rule was generally followed prior to 1973 and in the tenure of Alan Greenspan, but it could not characterize monetary policy under Paul Volcker. Many of the members of the Yellen Fed's Open Market Committee, FOMC, the Interest Rate Setting Committee, opposed that bill. Fed Chair Janet Yellen said it would be a grave mistake for the Fed to commit to conduct monetary policy according to a mathematical rule. No central bank does that. Dr. Yellen's confirmation vote of 56 to 26 was the closest nomination vote for a confirmed Fed chair in history. Her successor was perceived as less extreme in his monetary policy views and had a much less controversial Federal Reserve Chair vote. Jerome Powell was confirmed by a vote of 83 to 14 and was voted by a survey of economists at the median in terms of dovishness of the 16 current permanent and rotating members of the Fed's monetary policy committee in 2017, Yellen was rated as the fourth most dovish and the most consistent in her inflation views of all 16 potential monetary policy committee members rated. Ironically, the man who replaced Dr. Yellen with Mr. Powell, President Donald Trump, told Reuters in August 2018, I'm not thrilled with his raising of interest rates, no. Retaining Yellen as the Fed chair, at least according to the surveyed economists, would have been more likely to result in lower interest rates that President Trump desired. Diof and Pepin, 2017, find female central bank chairs around the world have generally focused on more price stability than their male counterparts. Masiandro et al. 2015 find higher representation by women on central bank boards is associated with lower inflation and more hawkish monetary policy. These results, coupled with the findings of the present study, suggest that Janet Yellen may have been an outlier among female central bank chairs and monetary policy decision makers more broadly. One widely cited monetary rule is the Taylor Rule of Taylor 1993. The author of Taylor 1993 testified in the Federal Reserve Accountability and Transparency FRAT Act hearings in the House Financial Services Committee in support of the legislation. There is a long debate over rules versus discretion in economic circles. Kidlin and Prescott, 1977, argued that without monetary rules, a policymaker's tendency to trade inflation for higher employment will only lead to higher inflation. Favorotoa and Maschiardero, 2009, 
2016 look at how monetary policy biases of monetary policy committee members interact with exogenous shocks in a theoretical model. Nikolosko Brzezinski et al. 2014 found that in years where the Fed seemed to follow a Taylor or modified Taylor rule over the last 60 years, economic performance was better in terms of inflation and unemployment. Under the Bernanke Fed, the central bank exercised not only discretion over interest rate setting, but also the type and quantity of asset purchase programs, and in the case of Bear Stearns, AIG, and Lehman Brothers, which private firms would be rescued or allowed to fail. The Yellen Fed, unlike the Bernanke Fed, operated in benign economic environment with solid growth, low inflation, and unemployment that was under 7% and generally declined to 4.1% in the last quarter of her tenure. Section 3, Ranking Past Federal Reserves. We will see that the Yellen Fed ranks as very dovish in terms of interest rate setting, achieving low unemployment outcomes. The Yellen Fed ranks well in terms of presiding over a low average quarterly unemployment figure in figure one and a low average quarterly misery index score in figure two. The misery index is inflation plus unemployment averaged over the quarters where each chair presided over the Fed. All data is quarterly from the St. Louis Fed. In quarters where the Fed chairs shared a quarter, the data for the whole shared quarter went into both Fed chairs averages. The core CPI U stripped of food and energy prices starts in 1958. Thus, we are only evaluating the last 11 years of William McChesney Martin Jr.'s tenure. Figure 1, unemployment ranking. Number 1, Paul Paul Volcker, 2. Ben Bernanke, 3. Arthur Burns, 4. William Miller, 5. Alan Greenspan, 6. Janet Yellen, 7. William McChesney Martin, with unemployment under Paul Volcker averaging 7.7% and unemployment under William McChesney Martin and Janet Yellen only averaging 5.1% for Yellen and 5% for Mr. Martin. 2. Misery Index the greatest misery was under Paul Volcker with a misery index of 13.9% on average. Number six and number seven were Janet Yellen. Number six and number seven was William McChesney Martin. Yellen had an 8.4% misery index, which tied Alan Greenspan almost. And William McChesney Martin had a misery index of 7.4% for the period study. Gordon, 1983, emphasized that to have an effective monetary policy, the central banker must be either averse to inflation at the expense of employment or bound by rules. If Dr. Yellen's speech on wage inequality or her distinguished career as a labor economist is any indication, the Fed chair favored low unemployment over low inflation, the opposite of what Barrow Gordon, 1983, recommended. Setting the Fed's funds rate has been the Fed's primary tool for fighting inflation. In this section, we look at how vigorously past Federal Reserve chairs have fought inflation. First, we'll compare the Taylor 1993 rule Fed funds rate to the effective average Fed funds rate over each chair's term of office. Then we will compare average inflation to the average Fed's funds rate for each Fed chair's tenure. 
A simple average of those two scores is used to determine the Dove ranking for the seven Fed chairs studied. The Taylor rule says the Fed should set the Fed funds rate R according to the following formula. R equals inflation plus 0.5 times the output gap plus 0.5 times the inflation rate minus 2% plus 2%. The ranking is below. Figure 3, Taylor Rule Ranking. Dove Rank, number 1, G. William Miller. Taylor, 1993, Fed Funds minus Affected Fed Funds Rate, 3.8%. Number 2, Janet Yellen, 2.9% difference between Taylor Fed Funds and Effective Fed Funds. Number 7, Paul Volcker, difference between Taylor Fed Funds and Effective Fed Funds, negative 1.6%. Using the Taylor 1993 rule to rank the Fed since 1958, the Yellen Fed is the second most dovish Fed and more dovish than the most recent three Feds. Only the failed Federal Reserve chaired by William Miller deviated more from the Taylor rule. Miller's policy led to double-digit inflation. The Taylor rule suggests that the central bank should set the Fed funds rate at inflation plus 2% when the output and inflation targets are hit. That is the long run Fed funds rate should be 4%, which is consistent with the Yellen and Bernanke Fed's long-term forecasts. When we drop the unemployment mandate and only look at how much the Fed fought inflation, the effective Fed's funds rate, as in figure four, the Yellen Fed is the most dovish, followed by the Bernanke, Burns, and Miller Federal Open Market Committees. Dove Rank, number one, Janet Yellen, inflation minus effective Fed funds, 1.41%. Number two, Ben Bernanke, inflation minus effective Fed funds, 0.34%. Number seven, Paul Volcker, inflation minus effective Fed funds, 4.33%. The Volcker Fed set short-term interest rates at a real level 4.3% above core inflation. In contrast, the Yellen Fed has set real short-term interest rates 1.4% below core inflation. Besides the Yellen Fed, only the Bernanke Fed had short-term rates on average below inflation. Unlike the Yellen Fed, the Bernanke Fed faced a recession and a banking crisis. Even the failed Federal Reserves under Arthur Burns and William Miller gave investors real returns above 0.8% on average. To rank the last seven Federal Reserves, a simple average of tables three and four's right-hand column scores are taken. As in the figure four ranking, the Yellen Fed is the most dovish of the seven Federal Reserve studied. Figure five, Dove ranking. Number one, Yellen Fed, Dove score 2.17. Number two, G. William Miller, Dove score 1.19. Number six, Alan Greenspan, Dove score negative 1.08. Number seven, Paul Volcker, Dove score negative 2.96.
Section 4, Conclusion. The Yemen Fed is found to be the most dovish in history based on its setting of short-term interest rates relative to inflation. This paper looks at the interest rate setting policy of the Federal Reserves going back to the chairmanship of William McChesney Martin Jr. and ending with Janet Yellen's tenure as chair. The Yellen Fed lacked a recession or banking crisis that may have justified the negative real interest rate policy of the Bernanke Fed. For its four years, the Yellen Fed succeeded in having falling unemployment and low inflation with negative real interest rates. Okay, that's a wrap for episode nine of the finance professor podcast i have a really great interview recorded with roger lowenstein the multiple new york times winning bestseller former wall street journal reporter and a reporter for many other awesome news outlets and he's going to talk about the history of the fed his latest book in that interview. I just need to edit it for you. He'll talk to you about America's bank, the epic struggle to create the Federal Reserve. And I highly recommend buying that book right now. It opened my eyes to so much of the economic history of the United States and monetary policy that I did not know. And you will learn so much about central banking and the basics of banking from that history that you will not find in most undergraduate or graduate classes in economics or finance. I'm Linus Wilson. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by the financeprofessor.org. Sign up for our free newsletter at financeprofessor.org or linuswilson.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.